0: Okay, good morning. It's uh, June 17th in Arizona, Phoenix. And we're back to the uh, almost normal Arizona weather. It's uh, not a cloud in the sky this morning. The sun is up. And it's uh, a rare, rare 75 degrees with a breeze. So Oma who's uh, over 70, she she took Bud for a walk already, a short one, but she can't quite cover a full ground with Buddy, so he gets a walk, but it's not a full like 30, 40 minute walk. It's more like a 20 minute walk, or so. So um, Bud's ready to go again. He's uh, We're going down the street and this is kind of more of an enjoyment walk for him so that walking downhill down the street and uh, yeah the mountains are again well lit up beautiful morning and uh, what i notice I, I have a suspicion that my uh my pace of talking is probably really slow and possibly really annoying so the uh I had no idea how long the first episode was, but it was 40 minutes. And um, if you haven't figured this out, if you're new to podcast listening, um, quite often a one and a half speed and two times speed works pretty well. You can still, the digital advancement in speed um, helps a lot. So I don't think I'm going to try to prepare a text or anything of any kind and i will simply do my thing and it'll probably be 40 minutes and if you want to just do a 20 minute listen you can do it at 2x and i'm sure you won't miss a word (laughs) the uh the dulcet tones may not be as good but there you go now over the last couple years i've on podcasting i i enjoy a whole variety of podcasts and quite often i'll let's say i'm doing something in the garage like change the oil in my car so i'll i'll just put a podcast on and plays in the background have a listen to someone talking to me while i'm either uh, pumping the or sucking the oil out of the car which by the way is a relatively new thing to me anyway. For the last couple of years, I've been sucking oil out of the car, which takes a little vacuum pump. You can hand pump it. Works great. Really makes the job uh, more straightforward. You don't have to jack up the car. You don't have to crawl underneath the car and place a drain under a plug and then unscrew the plug and then let the oil splash all over your hand while it comes flowing out. You can uh, stick a long tube down the dipstick, start pumping, and it actually sucks the oil out kind of nice. The only downside is it takes probably about 45 minutes. And uh, in that case, I usually don't do podcasts because I'm going to have to wait extended period of time to for the oil to come out. So that's usually in and out of the garage a few times, waiting. And of course, if it's 95 degrees. Don't want to be in the garage that long, anyways. And uh, there you go. Arizona living at its finest. Uh, I added a feature to our house which I really like. It's really simplistic. Highly recommend it. And that's the epoxy paint on the uh, garage floor. So when you do spill a little oil, it just wipes up um, off the floor and uh, reminds me that i'm not a neat freak if by any means but certain things i found like I, I really enjoy changing oil that's kind of weird but uh there you go you change the oil and um, you spill a little bit anyway you can't help it so bud is uh stopping i we'll see what he does here so it's it's only 75 the sun is up he's got a black coat and if the if he if his coat is if he's in sunlight, he probably heats up pretty quick, and he'll just uh, sit down this morning he's there's these trees, I'm not sure if they're mesquite trees they might be they they drop these pods this time of year, so they're kind of chewy, probably for him they're like potato chips, maybe so I don't want him to eat too many of them, but I'll let him have one and um He'll uh, chew on that. So here we are, Sunday morning. Uh, Will probably head off to a, a church that's relatively new to me. I've been enjoying it. Uh, it was displaced by a freeway. Um, same leadership and so forth, but uh, there's a freeway that came in and displaced them to a new location. And they rebuilt a new church, and it's got interesting architecture and layout. So I thought, well, let me go check them out. So at some point in later episodes, I might go into other experiences with what I call organized religion because there's quite a few denominations out there, and I am not a strong believer in one organized religion being more beneficial, more correct, good for you, than another. So a little background, yeah, it was uh, reason that, probably the reason for that is probably my family upbringing. Uh, my parents were married in the 40s, and my dad is Roman Catholic, and my mother was raised Pres mostly Presbyterian, but a little united Methodist, so neither parent neither family they were they were not exactly like super into their churches as far as participation, but they had their opinions that roman Roman Catholicism was the way the the original, so to speak, and uh Presbyterians of course, were a Protestant church that came out of the Reformation and so there was always that Protestant versus Catholic kind of tension so that was the family I grew up in. My dad was faithful to his Roman Catholicism and um, my mother decided to do like a compromise so the, the the Protestant compromise on Catholicism is the Lutheran Church So so the Lutheran Church, named after, of course, Martin Luther, is from Germany. So the history of the 1500s, Martin Luther is a Roman Catholic monk, and he finds some issues with the leadership and um, decides to leave or protest it. I think he actually probably didn't really want to leave, but uh, this walk with the dog here is not going to go into the details, mostly because I don't know what they are accurately anyway. Just Let's just say I'm pretty sure it's just he was asked to leave. And it got a bit dicey at one time. They had to hide a few times from these guys. So organized religions take themselves pretty seriously when they, when they feel like... Uh, like Martin Luther's a heretic. So he had to hide out. So yeah. So there are in Germany right now. There's the state Lutheran church. And the state Roman Catholic church. And there's also my favorite in Germany. called the Freie Evangelische Gemeinde. And they're kind of like. Hey even the Lutheran church has some issues. And being state sponsored isn't the best thing either. So that old separation of church and state for Germany was um, was being dealt with these other free churches, which basically for them is they're totally independent of the state. Because otherwise, even today, as recent as 1990s and probably still goes on today, when you get a job at a company in Germany, they ask you, are you Catholic or Lutheran? And if you check the box for one of those, I think it's 2 or 3% of your income will go directly to the state-sponsored church. How about that? A little-known factoid for the Buddy Arizona Schnoodle Walks podcast. So yeah, today, 2018 the state's collecting money. But, uh, yeah, I don't know the details of how that works out, and uh, fortunately I don't live there. I'm not German. I've always said I'd, I lived there five years, and I always said, like, well, even after five years, I, did it, I tried fairly hard to fit in and learn the language and do those things, but um, I probably at that time was probably like 60% into the culture, into the, the way it was. I mean, it's hard to get your Americanism out of you. And I thought even if I lived there another 20 years, I probably would achieve maybe 85, 90% assimilation, if you want to call it that. So I probably would have been eventually faced with, you know, what is this state? church thing that the Germans have and argued about that but that reminds me, it's pretty refreshing if you get out of your culture for five years you, you know I, there's so many, I'm back in the U.S. now for 20, but there's so many talking heads, so many people on TV, so partisan so whatever and when you don't understand the culture that you're living in You can can kind of tune those things out. You can just like, whatever dudes, go ahead and argue. I see you're really spun up on something on TV, but it's probably not that important. And even in the U.S. now, I'll watch political squabbles, debates, Twitter, commentary, and all kinds of things. And uh, more than likely, the... subculture if you want to look at a distribution curve again the people that are really interested in that stuff is probably like five percent maybe right if that and when those five percent get together on different sides they really go at it (laughs) so maybe people that are really into debating things can take a step back once in a while and go you know what only 1 in 20, people really care. <laughs> so, there you go. So, what are the other 19 out of 20, what do they care about? I don't know. Maybe they like, maybe they care about walking their dog. Maybe they care about, you know, what the weather's like. I don't know. So, where are we going with that? Where do I want to go? Obviously, these aren't planned it's walk the dog time share my thoughts with you as i walk the dog so we got some birds making some noises here not sure what sure what the audio is like i know i have the dulcet tones i listened to a little bit of the episode one and i wasn't sure if the the mic was hot enough in other words is it is there a way to adjust that because i felt like it was not turned up. So let me see if I can adjust the mic volume. Well, I'm just going to max out the volume. I don't know if that changes anything. That was at about 13 minutes and 40 into the podcast. Bud's sniffing around some real grass. We have a lot of stone yards here, landscaping stone. Occasionally people have real grass, which they have to water quite a bit. And we act, and then uh, there's artificial grass, too, which is, looks beautiful, very practical because you don't water it, and it just sits there. Obviously, when the sun's beating down on it and it's 110 degrees, it's not something you want to be walking around barefoot in, but uh, it's there. Come on, bud, let's go. He's sniffing around the real grass. Doesn't, doesn't see that very often. So, yeah, it's early here. I like to get out early. It's 7 probably 7:45. June 17th, a rare cool day. I mentioned that. And we're going to have World Cup match this morning. We have the Germans playing Mexico. And Mexico's pretty good. And oh, my my desire is uh, of course for a a German repeat of twenty fourteen uh, really enjoyed that. That was a fantastic finish. the Brazil match in the semifinals was amazing. They scored like five goals in the first twenty five minutes <laughs> and the the Brazilian you could just see their the heart taken out of them and it was hosted by Brazil, so it was even doubly sad for them and not that I had uh, a lot of schadenfreude as they say. Schadenfreude is kind of a hip word if you're American and literary dude schadenfreude is just some kind of hip word but when you know a little German you know it's a real thing it's uh, taking pleasure in, uh someone's not getting what they want or some kind of um, tragedy or something in someone else's life. Usually the tragedy, of course, wouldn't be mean, like a death in the family or something, but just losing a sporting match, um, that's schadenfreude. But I didn't have that, you know, and that kind of goes with, uh, what's a good spiritual kind of thinking? Sort of covetousness or something. You want your team to win and your pride. Maybe it's just pride. You know, because you follow a certain team and they win, so we get our we get a little bit of a emotional boost because our team won. You know, the Golden State Warriors just won the NBA championship and so fans of that area people that live in the San Francisco area are really jazzed, but I'm sure that euphoria has already faded like a week or two later. But the pride lives on, and when the season starts again in the fall, they'll they'll remember that they've won it two years in a row or so many times out of the last five years, you know, those kind of things. So here we are. So we're in some shade. That's, shade is good for Bud. And we're walking down the street. And, uh, yeah, I wanted to do episode two. I wanted to get a morning episode in just to see the difference. Um, Talk about the Arizona weather. And uh, another German connection is there's an author, Karl May, it's pronounced, it's spelled M-A-Y, from the 1880s. He had never been to the United States, but he's famous for writing southwestern novels, and um, they were very popular in Germany and he described Southwest living, you know, desert, Indians, cowboys, this kind of thing. And to me, it's rather humorous that he actually had never been here, but I don't know how he got information, but he was fairly accurate about things, but maybe it's just doing some research. No Google in 1880, but somehow he probably got some photos brought back from other explorers and had a really healthy imagination so Karl Mai, another interesting German character. And so we got World Cup and that's probably why my brain is thinking about the Germans and we're gonna the way way I watch the World Cup it's it's rather luxurious it's a it's a nice way because I DVR it so digital video recording So the matches aren't that long, really. They're 90 minutes with a 15-minute break, so you're talking less than two hours. So you really could watch it in real time. But you can also do speed watching is what I call it. I do it for other sports too, especially hockey. And speed watch is, they usually put the score in the upper left corner. If you get bored, you can... um, just focus on the upper left corner, play it at maybe 4x speed. And if someone scores a goal, you just let off on the um, you know, um, high speed. And sometimes you have to go back and sometimes you don't have to because it somehow it jumps back a minute or two. So then like in hockey or soccer, you can see the lead up to the goal And then carry on. I usually like to, if it's a match, like this German-Mexico match, I'll probably want to get to know the players because I don't know who they are. So I'll probably be less likely to do a speed watch. But if they start getting ahead 2-0, I may just speed and see if it goes 3-0 or does it go 2-1, does Mexico score a goal, stuff like that. Little, little uh, personal ways I do things. (laughs) kind of kind of crazy but um, yeah speed watching is useful I I enjoy it Um, many people don't in um, NFL football the turns out they have about 30 seconds between plays there's a little button on the remote control that advances at 30 seconds so if if it's first down and they run the ball and the guy gets three yards you can just hit the 30 second advance button and boom you're at second and seven and you see if it's a pass play or what have you so and you can always rewind if you think you miss something so you know it all depends on the team and the game and the match how interested you are and speed watch take uh take time back from your schedule and it's not really a schedule it's usually entertainment anyway so it is what it is. Very philosophical. You can do speed watching, you know, condense a three hour football game into an hour and a half. So, yes, you probably gained an hour and a half, but more than likely for me, I'll take advantage of that and watch another game in an hour and a half. So, basically, I just doubled the game watching in the same amount of time. And I didn't really give myself any more time in my life anyway. So there you go. I'm not selling anything, which brings up a point. Episode two, this is the uh, podcast. I'm not, I'm not pitching you anything. I'm not selling anything. <laughs> I'm just giving away my dulcet tones and observations for free. And it's great because nobody's arguing with me. Nobody's, nobody can say, "Hey, that's just a craziness." You know what are you doing? So I'm walking the dog. That's what I'm doing. Bud is getting a little breathing heavy because it's the sun's beating on him, and this is virtually a second walk of the morning. So I'm looking for a place to head back, and I think this is it, which will be good for the. Uh, second episode of the podcast. We'll probably bring it in in less than 30 minutes, which will you, you'll you enjoy. And I think the uh, music intro is working. I got Bloom by uh, Mindy Airbear. I have no idea how that's going to come across on iTunes or the, the podcast for Apple Podcasts, but we'll see. It's not quite up yet. Um, but I'm able to listen to it through Anchor. And so... I had closing music from Mindy Abair yesterday. Of was it? I think it was as good as it gets. I'm going to throw in a different closing Mindy Abair song for today's, for this morning's. Uh, I'm not sure which one, but Mindy has very many good saxophone songs. Which I'm not sure. Maybe saxophone is a dulcet tone itself. <laughs> Dulcet tones, saxophone. Uh, I'm not sure. It resonates with me. You know, I get a little bit of frequency, some vibration. Yeah, that old frequency stuff. And it's Sunday morning, so all the preachers in the United States, what is there? Must be. I heard there was forty-five thousand Southern Baptist churches, so there must be three hundred thousand churches. So you have three hundred thousand men, maybe, maybe a half a million. have prepared a message for their flock. And I guess I'm cynical. That was a little cynical comment there. And I've started to last couple years take more responsibility for my spiritual journey, so to speak. Because once on Sunday, a lot of them will have their agenda for what they want you to do. I like what one... One fella commented that some of these churches want to turn you into salesmen for their church. You know, like, oh, invite people to come on in. Oh, yeah. And it's fun with numbers sometimes. They're not persuading me too often. I mean, you know, they'll quote all kinds of statistics. This week's political, Christian, spiritual thing that I get a kick out of is uh, the last week at our local podcast I listened to was about this David Platt, which he probably means well, but he's like overzealous for the Great Commission, which is a fabricated term and that's what language does it, it really a lot of language has terms that that are established and then used over and over again to influence the listener in a certain way and sure there's a general theme of christianity is to spread the good news and you don't you don't have to call it the great commission you can just my preference of these days is just, hey, let's love one another and be kind and have hope. And if I'm living with joy, then it's my faith that brings me joy. So I will gladly share that. But it's a touch, a choosing, a grace from God. So where am I going with this? the old Dave Platt. So they love to rant on the, the people that get... $2 a day and they live off of $2 a day. And previously I'm like, well, you know, you may analyze that $2 a day thing. That's, that's one way of looking at it, but some of these cultures out there in the world, they're probably like happier living off of $2 a day than people making $300,000 a year in the US. And the reason is their culture, their lifestyle, it's not tied to money. Unfortunately, the U.S., and I guess supposedly most Western civilizations, we have a monetary system that requires us to exchange labor, value, thoughts for money, and then in turn we have a a, uh, liquid system where you take that money and purchase things you want. So, sure... A guy that's only quote-unquote making $2 a day in some far-flung place is not going to be able to go buy a $5 Starbucks every day. But it's not the point of God's love. And that's where we get into this social justice so, social warrior ring where someone stands up and it sounds good, Like, hey, those guys over there, they're only getting $2 a day. It's just not fair. Oh, my gosh. Well, there's reasons for these things and culture, politics, and everything else. And so this week's big political story, which will be ignored by those um, spiritual leaders, is that North Korea is about to hopefully, go through a massive change. So I think there's, they said, 30 million people live in North Korea, I think. Most of them are really living in a difficult situation. And more than likely, one could say, well, they're living on $2 a day. Or maybe they're living on $20 a day. It's a communist state. It's miserable over there from all we can tell. Gulags, all kinds of stuff. They don't have enough food. they got sanctions on them so instantly 30 million people if we get this change through they'll be freed up they'll be more westernized and it's a great example of abundance concepts right so it's the reason those people five years from now if, if it all happens right the reason north korea people will be Far better off five years from now than they are they have been the last five years is because of abundance and poor politicking has been keeping them from producing value for the rest of the world and exchange and trade um, what they got, whether it's land. Um, produce, agriculture, intellectual property, intellectual knowledge, intellectual capital, that'll be developed. I mean, in general, they're not, they have scientific communities. They just haven't distributed the knowledge to their population in an efficient manner. They have, unfortunately, poor leadership in many areas, and they don't have a free business development, business creation system, entrepreneurial system for their community. So more than likely, it'll happen. It will take time. Everybody will forget it. Nobody will think about it. But really, it's an abundance theory or abundance mentality or abundance. The, they're going to have that and, and they'll be free and there won't be free movement of people and ideas, which will be great. And South Korea is actually really well-known for their Christian, adopting the Christian faith. So there's no need to send Alabama grads, Georgia grads, people from North Carolina, the Southeast generally, who are kind of culturally tone-deaf. You already have Millions of Christians in South Korea, and they're probably waiting for an open door. And they'll take the gospel to the people and love between the nations and their common language. And it'll go from there. And it'll be a beautiful thing. And God, I will say that God allowed it to happen. And uh, I'm not going to rah-rah and say it's all on Trump. I just say it's this... Kind of like the Zeitgeist when going to a a German thing again. Zeitgeist, it's not really a Zeitgeist because Zeitgeist is more of a atheist. They don't really give credit to to um, God. It's a Heilige Geist, which I think if you poke around the profile of this podcast, you might see the term Heilige Geist, and you may wonder what is that. Well, Heilige Geist is Holy Spirit in German, and I don't really like Facebook, so for a while I wanted to do anonymous Facebook. So I had a Facebook account called Heilige Geist, mostly to get free Gatorades at this sport complex. They said if you checked in with Facebook, you could get a free Gatorade. So I would get my son a free Gatorade after working out in baseball. Um, And so I had Heilige Geist. I really enjoy it. It's a good concept. It actually sounds to me. I, I joke around and say it sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? It's just a German name, right? Heiliger Geist. It's the Heiliger Geist. But in, 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 in theological terms, it's really important. It's the Holy Spirit. It's a very important terminology. But that's fun with um, fun with foreign languages. So Heiliger Geist is there, and a few years later. I just happened to be in Berlin and I was looking at a map and I'm like oh wow there's actually a heilige or heilige Geist capella so I found it in downtown Berlin and had my picture taken in front of the plaque so it's I think it's from like 1300 or 1350 and it wasn't blown it wasn't a real tall capella or church but it's there and it's really important holy spirit it's before the Reformation, too, so it's probably a Roman Catholic. It had to be a Roman Catholic thing because it was before the Reformation. So it's there. Didn't get blown apart. I mean, as far as I can tell. Um, and there it is still standing. The, the Kaiser Wilhelm Kirche is uh, the one by the Kudam, And that is uh, the one that's blown apart. And, not, and just made a memorial out of them they didn't redo it but then the Berliner Dome didn't get destroyed and that's over on the East Berlin side and that's a beautiful dome and I think that was built by Lutherans and also Dresden my favorite, the Frauenkirche um, built rebuilt, it was in stone I'm I just amazed because the Russians and even Vladimir Putin lived in Dresden before the wall came down so in the 80's they still had a pile of rubble, man, and, and this church, which is great because now, after the wall came down, a bunch of people in Dresden said, "Hey, let's rebuild the Frauenkirche," and they did. Now I don't know if that was Lutherans and the German government. Remember, I was just talking about the the money out of your paycheck paid for it. I have a feeling a lot of donors in Dresden area, which is a really beautiful city, peaceful, and. Um, is the city of one of my favorite German people of the 20th century, Victor Klemper. Uh, I may talk about Victor someday, more than likely will because I think so highly of him. And uh, so those are the old churches in Germany, interesting. And uh, I don't know, I forgot where, how I got into this trail, but it had, it probably was on the freedom so you have the East Germans coming back and then the North Koreans will come back. I really haven't heard anyone talk about are they going to reunify as as one Korea which would be interesting. Basically North Korea is going to require a lot of investment from other countries whether it's the US or South Korea itself and the quote unquote economic standard of living will go through the roof in North Korea and it'll be Trump and his push for this Really, I, there's no magic other than Trump, and he's getting beat up for it right now. On June 17th, the status is Trump's a loser, and this is not working, and it's never going to work, and it's just a joke, and Trump's a joke. But it could work. I don't know. I'm not a. Do you hear in my voice? I'm not angry at people that mm-hmm. criticize Trump. It is what it is. It's amazing. People criticize what they criticize. So Bud's sitting in the shade, and he's been cooling off for the last two minutes because that's what Bud does. He just He's hot, so he just plopped himself down on the sidewalk and uh, about five minutes from home here. So let's go, Bud. You ready? I'm going to have my coffee. Coffee's getting cold. Let's go, buddy. We'll go home. We'll make it. And the... Uh, German churches oh they're wonderful I had good thoughts on Sunday morning is to so let's take a look at that Frauenkirche there's some great music there there's on the internet they really celebrated that so and I was there in 97 96 in that time frame walking through the streets they already planned to rebuild it by 2008 which was a good 10 12 years in the future and I'm like wow this is a long-term planning it's good old German planning, and they they wanted to use as much of the rubble as they could in rebuilding the new church, and they did a fantastic job of rebuilding the Frauenkirchen, and I think they have um, services almost every day, and they have a wonderful organ in there. It's just amazing, and the gospel's going out right in the center of town of Dresden, and, uh, you know, arrogant, arrogant American Christians are like, well, we need to send missionaries to Europe because they're dead spiritually. And I don't know, I just don't buy it. In fact, I was just reading, I think it was Romans 10 about the story of Elijah. And he thought he was the only, only person left faithful to God. And God said 7,000, Nope. he reserved a remnant of 7,000. So Paul referenced that in Romans. And uh, I'm trying to think, why would Paul reference that? I think it must have been because of the choosing. So we all look at the outward appearance of man, and we don't don't think God's around, and we think everybody is such a heathen and so awful, but God, God has his remnant, he chooses, his grace. Good theology. And I love these American young, enthusiastic people that come out of seminary and say, oh, I want to, go to, I want to go to Western Europe and be a missionary and bring the gospel to Western Europe. There's only like 6% of the people go to church anymore. It's dead spiritually. And I'm like, well, why don't you stay home and get a job and send some extra money to some other Christians that actually live in the culture and they don't have to adapt to the culture instead of thinking that you can magically uh, convert people to American faith. And that's kind of a short summary of the status of the view that I see being communicated from many American leaders today they're drinking their own bath water, so to speak, and there's this, this drive to be the best and be the most correct about things. Hey, good morning. Very good, thanks. It's finally cool, you know? Yeah. So we're about home. There's a little baby and a, a guy walking... Uh, Baby carriage. Not a cloud in the sky. Sun is up high. And Bud probably needs a bath today. Once a week he gets his bath and uh, brushes teeth with the green gel. Highly recommending. The green gel, plaque, killer. Keep those dogs' teeth healthy. And uh, I'm sure there's some good podcasts you can listen to about how to take care of your dog. But this isn't one of them. This is, <laughs> this is more musings. <coughs> and there's the air conditioner going. It's early morning and we got the air conditioner going, of course. Air conditioner goes all the time here. So with that, I will sign out. We're back in the backyard i got to dip his feet in the pool. So thanks for listening, folks. We will um, talk to you again sometime.